Welcome to Tall, Dark, and Fictional, a podcast about romance fiction by romance writers. I'm Kat Wynn. And I'm SJ Tilly. And today we have an amazing guest. You all know her because you all love hockey romance here. Welcome to the podcast, author C.E. Ricky. And we're going to call her Chelsea. So Chelsea, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. So I write male, male romance for those of you who don't know me. And I've been publishing for about two and a half years now. And I just like writing about love. Love is love is love. I feel like we've had a lot of like this, like that two and a half year thing. Like there's a lot of people that have started publishing like in this kind of time. Both of us, Kat and I. Same I'm time. like a year. Well, okay. Within that last two and a half years. <laughs> I'm, <Come on. laughs> actually, I'm less than a year still. But when would partner track? Oh my God. Sidetrack. That came out for long ago. Did, like, it came out less than a year? a year ago. Oh my God. All yeah. right. Never mind. Don't listen to me. It's too early. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll say this, Chelsea, you're self-published? I'm self-published, yeah. Oh, you are. Okay. I feel like self-publishing, if you're smart about it and you're publishing a lot and you're working smart and hard, you will put out a lot in two and a half years. You'll be like a different writer from two and a half years ago than you are today. Does that feel right? Yeah, definitely. I shifted from like a lot of more darker triggering stuff into hockey romance, <laughs> like just regular <laughs> everyday hockey romance. So I did like a reverse shift in a way that you see like some authors will start light and like work their way into the darkness I did the opposite um but yeah I I think that my writing has definitely evolved and changed because of that uh I definitely miss the darker stuff <laughs> plan to go back to it but um for the time being we're gonna stick with a sports romance that was gonna be my question going back to the dark right I mean it's fun to jump back and forth why would you not yeah exactly it gives me like well it's like last year I had a very very like hard emotional year and so I was like I need to write like lighter things i can't physically like mentally physically just yes. go into that space um so it's nice now like i'm in a better headspace like if i wanted to go write it i could it's just i've committed to a series now and so i kind of like you gotta finish what you started kind of thing do you know every one of my series is unfinished <laughs> do you do you uh, i mean your readers appreciate it <laughs> yeah <laughs> How do you feel like your readers have responded to the shift? Were you worried about doing that? Uh, extremely. Very, very worried. Um, especially because I, so my first four books all have like either triggering content or they just have that like dark, heavy, angsty, emotional feel that just like sits on your chest kind of thing as you read. And then I went to go publish Don't You Dare. And it was so different from everything I'd ever written. It was my first friends to lovers, everything else was enemies. Like it was just, I was a nervous wreck. I was ready to pull the release on release day. I was like, I was a disaster. And my PA was like, it's good. It's good. And she's like, I don't like friends to lovers. It's good. You're fine. And then the response that I got was everything that I could have asked for and more. Um, it gained me a lot of new readers just because it's something that it is on the lighter end. And, it, and you know, when people first dive into MM, generally speaking, they don't want to dive into something heavy and emotional. They want that like lighthearted, fun, spicy read. So it really ended up working out well. Um, and then Iced Out was just kind of the follow-up to that opening up a whole new universe and I still on the lighter scale I mean they still have a little bit of angst because I can't not do that but <laughs> well, they have to, a little yeah it's, it's in your heart to do that well and yeah. I think what is so great about romance readers is that like obviously not everyone reads everything but for the most part they'll read fucking anything like especially if they like you as an author like they don't care like they just want to read your stuff to go from the light to the dark mm -hmm. I mean you will find some people that just don't enjoy you know a certain trope but like for the most part 
I think romance readers will read everything from bright white to like black. Also, it shows that as a writer, it's worth it to take risks and maybe to follow your heart with what you're creating. And, you know, like Chelsea said, like you have to finish your series, SJ. And me. I haven't like actually, no, I've officially I will have finished one series, but I'm like working on I didn't do them in order the way I want. I should have. But anyway, yeah. Um, I mean, really good for you for taking a risk. I love when people when people take a risk and I love when people are scared, but they do it anyway, because we all go through that. It's that constant nausea that like gets you through that next book. Right? <laughs> Just like that. Honestly, yeah, it's it's <laughs> I it's it's so funny because when I even decided to do it the entire time I was writing it and it took me forever to write that book because I don't like French lovers as a reader. I'm not a fan. So like when I came up with their plot line, I was like, why am I doing this? This is so dumb. <laughs> like, what are you doing to yourself? And the entire time I absolutely loathed it. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And to this day, like it is my least favorite book that I've published for that reason, because it was so hard to write and um which everyone also laughs at they don't think it's hilarious because up until i started it was my bestseller but um it's just yeah. like it was just such a difficult battle with them and it turned out so great so it was worth it and at the end of the day like i know that everyone's like stay in your lane like you pick a lane and you kind of just make that your niche but i'm like i want to be able to write whatever i want i want to be able to write incest taboo i want to be able to write best trust lovers at the lightest scale possible i want to write everything in between and because if i have a story that comes to me and it really speaks to me i want to write it and so that's kind of the brand that i'm trying to build for myself is you know you'll you'll know what to expect when I release it but like if it has my name attached you got to be prepared for anything (laughs) yeah and I yeah I totally disagree with the stay in the lane I disagree too but yeah your lane is romance your options are many I have two questions. Um, when you said it took you a long time to write, what does that mean for you? Because everyone has a different meaning for that. So um, for Don't You Dare, it was basically I started that book, like opened the document, started typing down outlines before After Rainfalls was published. So that was February of 2021. Um, and that book did not come out till February of 2022. In between, I had released two other books. So there is that. Previously written or you were writing no, them all at the same time? I wrote them all at the same time. Damn. Because well, I was- okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It took yeah. me so long to write this third book at the same fucking time. <laughs> it sounds more like a back burner book, maybe. Was it a book just kind of nagging at you? It was supposed to be a front burner book, but then turned into a back burner book because everyone was like, Roman, Roman, Roman. And then no one reads Roman, which is a whole nother topic. Oh my topic. God. <laughs> we could talk about that all day. Well, and this is why you need to follow and write what you want to, right? Because like, yes. like I've said, all my stuff is unfinished, but I'm like, you know what? I got to write what I want to write because who knows if people will like clamor after it anyways. Exactly. Everyone was saying they wanted Roman and then no one wanted to read it. So I'm like, okay, so that series is just going to sit there for a little bit. Um, and then I, after Roman, I really wanted to finish Don't You Dare. I was like, I need to write this. Like, th- like I wanted a book that could be, like I said, a good starter into MM for somebody. And I just couldn't get it going. And then Head of Water was born. And that book I wrote in a month, like 35 days, wow. 125,000 words just poured out of me. Um, and then after that, I was like broken for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I like, broke myself with that one. Um, did fair. not write for like four months. No, that checks out fully. I I get that. Yeah, and then um, finally, don't you dare, kind of came into fruition and just like came out. It took it took a lot of pulling teeth, but it was okay by the end of it. 
I guess it like goes against the popular ethos as well that something that's easy to write or that really comes out of you like strongly is the the best or like the most popular thing or like if it's difficult to write then people will you know or that if people are asking for it that that's actually what they want to read because it's mm-hmm. honestly not even true and so yeah I wanted to like add I don't agree with niching down although I know that everybody says that's how you build a business and maybe I'm wrong what the fuck do I know but I feel like no go broader do all the things like like be everything you want when you're writing. It's funny too, like what you said, because like I've totally done this with like where you're, like you're like friends to lovers. You're like, this isn't something I would normally read, but I'm writing it. And I normally don't read Small Town, and I've written a couple, you know. But it's like, mm-hmm. but I think that speaks to like it's the you know it's always the story, right? So it's like we all love our tropes, and we have tropes that we're fans of, and we have things that like we just don't want to read. But also like you can you can read anything. You can <laughs> you can make anything yeah. enjoyable, you know, if you just like dive into it. Well, we had Sarah Kate on and she was like she was like I would I wouldn't be caught dead reading the stuff I write yeah. <laughs> it was like only she only reads MM of which a lot of romance writers only read MM and I was like it's true like mm-hmm. I don't even read contemporary anymore like generally I'm reading like monster smut like the most disgusting vile monster smut that's it I don't know writers are so specific like we're so specifically weird all of us mm-hmm. in our own little yeah. little ways do you have any like idiosyncrasies when you're writing or reading um I don't read so oh my god same not I don't read uh the last book I read was like in January um and before that I couldn't even tell you I couldn't even tell you the one before that um but I don't know I don't really think so every book is just so different for me that nothing ever works the same it's like every time I start fresh I just have to figure out the space in my home that works the best for me to channel these characters the music everything has to be different and it's very difficult actually because you know I would love to just be able to dive straight into another story but there's that like last period where I have to figure all these things out and it's just annoying more than anything but it's part of my process I guess and you made a comment about plotting so are you a Yes, for the most part. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I mean, my first book, I like had like a three page outline that was like chapter by chapter, everything like just long. And now it's more like get the gist down in a sentence or two and outline. And then if I have missing pieces, I'll fill them in later because generally speaking, my characters absolutely never follow the outline. (laughs) So um, they they lead me wherever they want to go. So most of the time the outline works. Sometimes I have to go through it four or five times before it actually like it but yeah what about the book that poured out of you were you outlining that one yeah um so that one I was just sitting at my best friend's table one day at her house and I was just like you know I really want to write a stepbrother romance and so then I like just kind of like wrote loose plot points down um on a notebook and it wasn't even in order it was just like a bunch of scenes that I knew I wanted and like things that could happen in the book and it just sat in my notebook for months and it just sat there and sat there while I was writing these all secrets and and then I finished it and I was like, you know, like try and write Don't You Dare and this isn't working. So I opened that notebook and saw that page and I was like, oh, well, that could be fun. And then the next day I found the cover as a pre-made from Opulent, from Opulent Designs. And I texted Cass. I was like, Cass, can you switch this to two guys instead of a guy and a girl? She did. And then instantly, like I had a new title for the book because it was supposed to be called something else. And then I just 125,000 words in 35 days. It just came out of me. I breathed, lived, sleeped that book. Um, and That's the dream. That's the, That's the yeah. fucking dream. <laughs> 
sounds great. And at, and at the time, I was working a full time job too. Oh God! So like, that's not the dream. <laughs> you were a zombie. I yeah. was a zombie. I was a zombie. <laughs> but maybe that's why I couldn't write for four months afterwards. That's <laughs> fully, fair. yeah, fully. <laughs> okay, here's what I noticed about some writers, and I know SJ and I and, and a bunch of people fall into this: is that we're just like fully addicted to the high of creating, and when you can't do it, it's like the worst fucking feeling in the world. Like when you were in that spot where you couldn't write was were you just like was that just like the worst feeling yeah it it was a mix of the two it wasn't necessarily that I was in a creative slump um but I definitely was just in an emotionally like drained place because head of a lot of deals with so much grief and I was it was my own grief that I was repressing for like 10 years so I fell into a really deep depression afterwards um especially because of how easy it was to write that book I'm like I will never and, and that's the only book to this day and I probably will be the only book that I ever say this about is that it's the one thing I'm proud I've written like I'm proud generally quote-unquote proud of myself for all the stuff I've accomplished and all the books I've written but that book is never going to like be removed from top place I guess and you know I was like how do I follow this up how do I follow up how easy this was to write how easily I connected to the characters like you can't but then I have to like pull myself back and be like they're all different you can't compare them you know so um it it was hard and then adding on that layer of like I want to be creating I want to be writing but I physically just cannot do it it was it was difficult and it kind of added to that depression for a while um but thankfully we got out of it obviously we're here so (laughs) how did you get out of it time time um binge watching some tv shows doing things that made me feel creative (laughs) um at the time I was living in Colorado so I was going hiking getting outside kind of doing that holistic style of therapy that I like to do um so just kind of slowly eased my way out of it well so unfortunately time is often what we need and we never want to take it or give it to ourselves and there's like you know real life bullshit that gets in the way all the time of stuff but Kat can appreciate a good binge watching a TV show so oh this bitch can binge watch but like I'll go but like much like here's how I do binge watching I won't watch Netflix for like four months and then like for seven days in a row I'll watch like 72 hours of of TV and then kind of like you're saying like you get some inspiration from that too like I think watching shows does give me creative inspiration did you do you feel that it like fills you up your creative well up a little bit yeah absolutely like right now um and it has absolutely nothing to do with anything I'm writing but I'm binge watching Bones it's one of my it's one of my favorite shows and I'm like I'm on season nine and I started it like less than two weeks ago I love it no I'm on season 10 I just started season 10 (laughs) last night and I was like this is a problem oh my god I've like I love that show I've seen that so I know and I'm just like I love sweets and I love oh and I was like you know watch rewatching them like Vincent Nigel Murray with you know how obviously how he dies but like he um (laughs) his little like facts and he would just sprout off I'm like I want to do that with the character that is so cute like that is just such the cutest little like thing is the tick that they have anyone else that's watched this the absolute best moment in that entire show is when because like one of the techie people has like a whole database of sounds and like here's a raisin dropping in milk and then that kid walks in he's like did someone just drop a raisin into milk (laughs) 
stupidest thing. I've laughed so hard every single time. I've watched, I don't even remember when that show was on, but I that was when I had it on DVD because a friend mm-hmm. had it and I borrowed it and watched it all over and over again. That's great. That took me back. Thank you for that. Um, I remember what I was going to say before when you talked about finding your cover and that like it is the first many, many books I, most of them, like I wrote without having a cover until like it was done and then I like would design a cover or I wouldn't someone else would I would have whatever mm-hmm. but like this one I'm writing now I've had this cover since before I started it and it there is something that is like really nice about that process because like I have I it's it's a Hawkeye cover and I have him open on my computer and I look at it every single time I open up my manuscript right because it's like my like fucking love this cover but it's like a nice like good motivation right so like when you said like you yeah when you found that cover and you're like now you have it because now you can like kind of put some things together you get that vibe yeah absolutely i at this point i just have a stockpile of covers for all the books that i plan to write um so it's like it's nice to have them especially when i absolutely fall in love with the cover it makes it so much easier to like dive in and write that book and then like you know sometimes with um so specifically with never will i ever which is it's like a it's a follow-up to don't you dare and it is um it was like the first 10 chapters were released in an anthology back in february um but it will be a full length under the same title but basically like i have you know the hot guy cover that matches don't you dares and then i have a jacket cover that matches is the jacket cover of Don't You Dare and like the little things that we added to it like it's absolutely perfect and it's helping me drive some of the plot in the story even like with just like the little things added on to it and I'm like I would have never thought this but that just gave me an inspiration idea like um and so yeah that it's it's funny how it works when you have the cover ready and it just kind of dri- it drives it's a driving force to finish it so you can have it all in your hand together and you can look at it like I did it you know and just like you're saying with like you see the little details in the cover and you're like oh I can add that into my story or I can tie this in somehow and that just makes the story so much richer and more developed and it just I don't know I love the like tie-ins we're all Taylor Swift in our own worlds making every little detail count (laughs) forgive me for the Taylor Swift (laughs) reference everybody Well, and sometimes too, it makes it easier, like on your, like make it easier for yourself too. like do yourself a favor. Right. And if you can find something in real life for motivation, like I always, I like, I come from a marketing background. So that's always where I'm thinking when I'm thinking about stuff and I'm like, Oh, what can I like take pictures of with this book later for like Instagram? And like, I have a mug that I'm using this morning that I used in my last release Nero. Like, cause I'm like, I needed her to have a mug that she got from Goodwill that she can pretend she went on vacation and bought. And I'm like, why wouldn't I use a mug I actually bought from vacation myself? Because <laughs> yeah. then I'm like, I can just, now I don't have to think it up, you know, because sometimes it's like we're making up entire worlds and situations and people and everything else. Like, I don't want to also have to make up what this mug looks like, you know, like, can I Absolutely. just like take one thing off my plate? How about we take like a little turn into a rapid fire? Are you into that, Chelsea? All right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> here's, here's how the rapid fire goes. Don't think too hard about your answers. Just go with your instinct. Question number one, would you rather read only only smut that's not dirty enough or a smut that's too dirty for you like way too specifically kinky uh not dirty enough ah do you feel like you have something that would pu- push you over the edge though where you'd have to close the book um i'm not a big fan of this the fitting thing i just gotcha. like 
cannot do it. And I'm just like, and a lot of the time that is one of the things that people like really want in like a degradation type of book or, or like even like a praise book or whatever. Like, I'm just like, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. That in age gap, like anything else I'm here for, but those two things I'm like, nope, nope. Okay. Not me writing rom-coms and putting a spitting scene in my rom-com. Not me doing that. <laughs> I'm considering it now. I'm not sure if I'm sticking with it yet. I'm not sure. Leave it. Um, I'll have to trigger warn people. Okay, next thing. <laughs> Would you rather listen to a smutty audiobook out loud in public or read the smuttiest passage of any book to a family member? Read the smuttiest passage to a family member. I love it. Brave. Just torture them. Why not? She's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, next question. Pick your mythological half-human, and if you don't know what these are, we will explain them. Minotaur, centaur, mermaid, or mer- merfolk, uh, or fawn. Merfolk. Any particular reason why? That is our most popular answer. Um, Because I love the ocean and I was hoping, oh, I guess a griffin isn't half human. So there you go. That's why you didn't say it. <laughs> you know, we'll just add in a mix, just like a mythological beast of with no human qualities whatsoever. Yeah. Would you choose, would you choose that if that was an option? I would choose griffin, yeah. Have you read the, I think it's Ivy Asher has a Why Choose Paranormal Griffin. Oh my God, have you not read this? Uh, it's so <laughs> She's good. not reading it's, things right now. I know, but put it on your TBR. It's okay. Ivy Asher, I think it's Ivy Asher. I'm certain it is. I don't know if she co-writes it with anyone else. And it's like the hidden, I think it's like the hidden, I don't know. Just Ivy Asher Griffin. I will, I will send you the link. I'm going to look it up <laughs> okay. while you're doing this. I'll okay. Well, here's now. a question okay. I have for you since you did choose Merfolk to begin with. Uh, if you have sex with a mermaid, would... Okay. Okay. Would you rather take the risk that a, mer- a mermaid will die or merfolk will die if you have sex with them out of the water or take the risk that they will murder you because they'd be doing that if you have sex with them in the water? Out of the water? You would you would prefer to be a murderer than a than yeah. be murdered? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I haven't I asked that it. one in a while. Okay. What is okay. it? Okay. It is the Shadowed Wings series. The first book is called The Hidden, and it is by Ivy Asher. It is a three-book series. It is complete. It is good. It is hot. If you if anyone here is into griffins, if you want to fuck know, a griffin. <laughs> read this series. You will not I have read this probably three times. Like, it's amazing. Don't don't say we never did anything for you okay (laughs) next question which is hotter tattoo or scar tattoo okay now this one's related to what we've been talking about you're stuck with one trope faded mates or childhood sweethearts faded mate same and then write the childhood sweethearts anyway right (laughs) well i mean because faded mates you can at least make them enemies that's true you can do you can do a lot with that okay you can only read one a fade to black romance in your favorite subgenre or a high heat romance in your least favorite subgenre. It's just a full spitting romance. <laughs> uh, fade to black. Oh, yes. Okay. I feel like nobody chooses that. Well, here's the thing. Like- My least favorite subgenre is actually age gap, and I will just not read it. That's fair. <laughs> like, That's totally if I have to, if I have to read it, I would prefer to read like MM exactly what I want, but no sex. Then you know, have to read age gap. That's how much I don't like it. <laughs> that makes sense because then you could get like the tension still. No, you get, like the best thing for me about MM is that you will not have a surprise pregnancy trope because for me uh, that is my least in favorite. Omega verse. Okay. Well, we're not. I'm. 
not contemporary, contemporary. though. <laughs> right. Because that's like, again, like I would pick a fade to black over a spicy surprise pregnancy. Or not, secret baby. That's what I meant. Secret baby over a surprise. Any, anything one, with really. kids, I'm like, no. Those also. I don't even think about those anymore because I don't read MS. Yeah. So if that yeah. tells you, right. <laughs> it wasn't even on my mind yeah. at all. But I don't like that trope either. You were like, I forgot pregnant. that was possible in any right. kind of universe. <laughs> right. Okay, next question. Uh, you have to pick one: a hot antihero or a hot dom? Antihero. All right, and a follow-up question I also haven't asked in a while. Is BoJack Horseman hot? I don't even know who that is. I can't no believe, okay, you know what? Everybody that, no on this podcast does. is fired forever. <laughs> BoJack Horseman recently just got voted by like IndieWire magazine as the best cartoon of all time. It is really? just of all time. This show is so fucking good. Anyway, BoJack Horseman is a is a half horse cartoon. It's like for adults, but also he's like a huge. He's a very well known anti hero archetype. So anyway, okay. forget it, guys. Either. Get out of here, okay. everybody. <laughs> all right, next, pick a supernatural vampire, werewolf, alien, or dragon shifter. Vampire very classic um would you rather this one's a little political and interpret it however you like would you rather read an amazing book by an author who is objectively a pretty bad person or read a mediocre book by an author you love mediocre book by an author i love yeah uh yeah that's a good answer uh would you rather a slow burn with amazing sex scenes but it takes forever to get to or a fast burn with sex scenes that are just okay but they are plentiful slow burn follow up to that what do you consider a slow burn? Um, no sex, meaning penetrated sex, um, until 75% or later. I feel like that's I about right. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it blows my, we've had this conversation before, but it blows my mind when people are like, if they don't bang till 50%, it's a slow burn. I'm like, that's not a slow no, burn. No, that's the, that's the usual. Right. That's, yeah, that's what I kind of base my books off of is like a 50% mark sometimes earlier. Some of my books are like going at it in the first few chapters, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You can Same. do that with male male, I feel like a lot easier too. Especially when it's like a if it's a bioawakening or a gay for you trope, um, or any kind of internalized like homophobia, it's natural for it to be a little bit longer, um, the fifty, sixty percent mark though. And I do write a lot of bioawakening, so kind of works together with that. Okay. Next question. Cover style, do or die. The shirtless man or trendy cartoon? Oh, trendy cartoon? Absolutely not. Um, shirtless man every day. <laughs> I am not an illustrated cover girly. I will not. Like, I thought you were going to say, um, like, discreet cover, and that would be my pick every day of the week. Um, a discreet right. cover? A discreet cover every day. But the problem is, in male male, that's not what sells. Um, so, shirtless man is kind of like the do or die kind of deal yep. in MM right now. You know what you're getting. Yeah. It's political. It messages exactly the right thing. And I don't blame readers for looking for books that way. It makes perfect sense, I feel like, especially mm-hmm. if you want like a very specific trope and you want it to deliver a very specific thing like that, you know, those covers will tell you that. Let me ask you this. Okay. Obviously, like most of the shirtless man covers have nipples. Not all of them, though, because I know Amazon is weird about that, right? Or no, TikTok is weird about the nipples? TikTok is weird. Okay. How do you feel about like the butt crack cover? Um, I mean, I'm not not a fan. <laughs> it's like, like 
it's not something I'd be like, yeah, give it to me. But like, I'm not not a fan. Like my friend Marley, she has one of her book devilry that isn't even on Amazon because it can't be. Um, but it's like like two guys, and then the one has like a tie hanging down, and you can see his butt, and like you can't. It's not on Amazon because you can't. They right. take it down every time. Even Instagram takes it down every time it's posted. Um, but just, just I have that cover. I like that cover. Yeah. I love it. The fact that, like, just, like, and TikTok, too. Like, first off, I love watching thirst traps. I'm here for it. They Hot people can continue to make thirst traps forever. I don't care. But, like, you can't let those go and then take down my bare-chested hockey covers because yeah. you saw his nipples. Like, stop it. I know. Can we stop it? Like, why this is Mark? literature. This is book banning. Right. You're all a bunch of fascists. <laughs> <laughs> actually, real, do, though. actually do stand by that, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Facts. <laughs> but... Anyways, congratulations, Chelsea. You did the rapid fire. How do you feel? Good. For the, you know, good. She's yeah. like violated. But fine. You will be I'm deposed like... later on about those <laughs> I know. Someone's going to come at me about something I said in there, probably. No. <laughs> probably no, the age no, gap no. part. Probably the age gap part. Everyone always hates me for saying I don't like age gap. <laughs> Why are you allowed? I'm, I'm not a big age gap. I can read them sometimes, but I'm not. I don't prefer those. I'm a whore for age gap. Obviously. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But like, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things, though. Like, you either love it or you do not love it. Absolutely. And don't feel yeah. like there's really too much of an in-between in there. Well, it's like I have a limit. I have like, okay. So like, I have a limit. So like, I can go up to 10 years. Like, one of my favorite books by Kay Webster is This is War Baby. And that is a 10-year age gap. Um, But also, I know a lot of people who don't even qualify anything less than 10 years as age gap. They're like, seven years, that's not an age gap. And I'm like, what do you mean that is an age gap? (laughs) Um, But anything under 10 years, I'm good. Anything over, see you later. I won't read it. Sorry. (laughs) See you later. It's funny, too. And I don't know. I don't know everyone's, like, you know, spousal dating situation, right? But, like, so my husband's eight eight years older than me. So, like, anything that's... That's an age gap. But for me, anything that's, like, yeah less than 10 like for me I don't really consider it an age gap but like all of my male characters are older than the female characters I think they're like the hockey ones are a little closer because professional hockey players can't be that old uh Mm -hmm. like and so I've had some people like oh yeah that's an age gap I'm like is it they're like five years apart I'm like is it that's I think anything like seven eight nine ten is where you start and starting into an age gap um Mm -hmm. I feel like seven is like that number for me it's like seven or older or seven or more is an age gap but it is different for everyone but I mean most of my characters are within two or three years of each other so yeah Yeah. in partner track they advertised it as a an age gap because the female character is seven years older than the male character and like all the when I think about it I'm like first of all older woman in a male female is always like less common anyway but like seven years is not really very much at all like it's really not anything but that was still one of the like quote-unquote selling points but when you feel the genders yeah now it's now it's a huge deal like now it's a big deal to have her be seven years older right yeah exactly but if it was the guy nobody would even mention that nobody would say like age gap for that it's just Mm kind of interesting how they do that Um, I did a 21 year age gap in one of my books so (laughs) Chelsea will not be reading that she's like gagging in the background like I cannot (laughs) but like you know when you do age gap that that is for the group of people who love age gap because they're and they are very devoted to that so you know that that's the thing (laughs) I love that shit 
and other people that, that won't touch it with a 10 foot pole yeah i mean silver flag, flag whatever anyways carry on although i think i saw a i know i i don't know why i'm bringing sarah kate up again hi sarah kate i know you're not listening but you were on before <laughs> <laughs> but i saw one of her books come through i think it's highest bitter and it, and her i was like one. i had to stop because somebody wrote like a review and it was like a 35 year age gap yes. and i was like did i read that correctly yeah. it's <laughs> a years. i told her i was like sarah why do you do this to me and then i've seen the pictures because readers take denver just happened and she had Mm -hmm. like that cover model like dressed up in that outfit like at her it was just you know how uncomfortable i would be like if i got to like so my my age gap cover model like i've chatted with him on instagram he's signed book plates for me like i still have them in my drawer because i haven't done a giveaway because i'm an asshole Uh, but like he is super nice and like it would be so fun to have him in a signing I would not be able to look him in the eye. I would be like fucking blushing. I couldn't like. She's brave for that. I know. It's amazing. I'm like, I could not. I would die. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> let's let's move out of that moment. Um, question for you, Chelsea. Let's start. We're going to start. I know we're like into the interview, but can you tell us a little bit like how you started writing and what got you here? Um, so I've been writing like my entire life, like obviously since, since I learned how to properly really right so middle school aged um right. I've always loved it there were times like throughout my adolescence and like primary school where I was like oh I want to be an author I want to be an author and then I was like no I'm going to be a vet no I'm going to be an architect no, I'm going to be all these things and I always like would circle back to author but then when it time became time to go and like apply for colleges and pick a major I was like I don't want to major in English because I don't want to be a teacher and like realistically what else am I going to do with an English degree so I went full for architecture, got that degree. Oh, working wow. in architecture. <laughs> I was working at a firm in Denver when the pandemic hit. And then um and during my time at working at the firm, I rediscovered my love for reading because I would sit at a desk for five days a week for 40 hours and listen to an audiobook and just like work. And so I was, you know, when the pandemic pandemic hit, I had my hours cut back and I was like, what am I gonna do with my free time? And I'm like, maybe I'll pick up writing again. And that's how Follow the River was born and Less than a year later, I quit my job and was writing full time. And no regrets. No regrets. There are days I miss it. Don't get me wrong. I do sometimes miss it, but I don't think I could ever go back to working for somebody else. Yeah. And like, it's rare. I feel like there are not that many women architects out there in the world. Like it's, it's pretty low percentage, isn't it? Um, so I was working at a firm where, um, it was actually primarily women because it was an interior architecture firm and it was like a lot of interior remodels and a lot of like finished design. So it was like interior design and architecture architecture combined into one um so it was actually predominantly women at my firm and i really did enjoy that actually um our president and ceo was a woman and um all the higher up were women and that was really it was a really fun environment to be in um but yeah definitely just in like standard architecture it's usually more a man dominant field we just had on and i can't Tatiana Richardson. Build up, right? The build up, and yeah. About a architecture firm, but it's in Atlanta. An all and black I- architecture firm. Yes. Also yeah. another um yeah, and her characters are both architectures and obviously the title is the build up because yeah. we love puns. Okay. We love puns <laughs> in the romance world. Um, yeah, I, that's amazing. I rem- yeah. Um I remember when I was actually working at this firm and I discovered Kate Canterbury. I don't know if you guys know mm-hmm. who she is. Um mm-hmm. but her Walsh series is all about these all these siblings 
who are like work for an architecture firm and they have their own little firm and so i like binge read that whole series like on audio because christian fox narrates it and i adore that man um and so i was like this is great i'm like this is what i want to do when it comes to architecture because we we're doing like office remodels and this is not it was not the vibe it was not what i wanted to be doing i want to do like fun like his like preservation stuff and like yeah. new house building and like that kind of stuff which you know you have to pay your dues and like work your way into it but yeah. my dues you know obviously got paid and then i went somewhere completely yeah, different yeah. so be like bye i will say to <laughs> rs gray for anyone else that's listening i know none of us are like reading contemporary right now but like rs gray she's one of my favorite authors she is prolific uh, but she has a couple of interior designer arc- and architect books as well if anyone wants to go down that rabbit hole so there you go so when you read kate canterbury's series about architects were you like this feels real or were you like did it drive you crazy if details weren't like how you experienced them no it felt it felt pretty realistic um for the for the most part um because i didn't work in historical preservation and like the books were a lot about like it was set in boston Mm. so it's like they were like preserving a lot of older stuff and that's not what i was doing so i and that's not even what i went to school for because when i went to school like they had specifically architecture interior design historical preservation three separate categories within our college of design and so i didn't know entirely about it so i'm like this but it felt realistic it definitely felt like they were following like the way that it should go i feel like and kate is an author that i know that she'll do her research i trust her i read a lot of her backlist like a good chunk of it and really that's the key right you need to make it seem believable whether Mm -hmm. or not it is it doesn't matter as long as it feels like it (laughs) that's all that matters i'm always like don't let the truth get in the way of a good story you know that's kind of my philosophy so if and i'll forgive details that are wrong if the story has happened like who cares right but obviously you want to get as much right as you can like that's the goal absolutely i mean even like with ice out i had to add in a couple this i added a disclaimer in the front of it because i was like i understand like that there are certain rules in hockey and the way that the ncaa runs their business but for the purposes of this story i have to fudge the rules to fit the plot and sometimes that's just what you have to do that's That's what you gotta do and especially too when you do get into sports like so my mom and stepdad are huge hockey fans and like my stepdad coached like middle school hockey when he was younger you know like so well i would send them all my hockey scenes and they would just correct him because there was one time because like you know i have like a an enforcer there's fights right but there was one scene where he's like he would literally get like i don't even know what the word is like kicked out of the league for fighting that Mm -hmm. way like because he like hit someone with something i don't remember what the thing was and i was like yeah okay i guess i'll change that like (laughs) i know there was one point and i to preface this i'm blaming it on the fact that i was writing this book while the world cup was happening um (laughs) but there was that one point where i was writing and like quinton was like getting you know sent into the sin bin and i said a card yeah he got a card (laughs) instead of getting the whistle blown i was like wait a minute that's not hockey that is soccer yellow card and i'm like oh shit the editing woes now do you have any other sports you think you'll write so i've written football baseball and hockey and the latent series actually encompasses all three of those um so book two is gonna be hockey and baseball together one is on each team um book book three is football or no not hockey i'm I'm sorry backtrack football and baseball (laughs) okay then it's football then it's baseball rival teams and then the last book is hockey so lots of different and it's a chance to take on something like that because you know i know people like especially in the mm world 
they love their hockey and them like and so like to start off the series with hockey was purposeful um right but then to not give them hockey until the end is very we'll see how it goes i'll let you know when it finished <laughs> i do feel guilty but at the same time like at the back of the book i listed the couples they know who plays what sport they know what's coming um yeah but i think that people are most excited because for book five is because they met um oakley's little brother logan who hates hockey he loathes hockey because his whole family is hockey 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 and then you have him ending up with the goalie love of it. the hockey team like, i so. i mean we do also love baseball pants so oh my god baseball romance is my favorite yeah. it's my favorite to write it. it's my favorite sport to watch i love baseball so is it pop is it as popular in romance as a subgenre? no really uh baseball hockey right. hockey is the clear number one um and then i feel like base, uh, football takes the second place baseball is not very popular I mean, obviously, like basketball and like lacrosse and all those are way further down than baseball. But I think that football would be second. I think it is also like it's it's under sports romance. So once someone loves sports romance, I think they do get less particular about which sport it is. You know, like if they just want like a hot athlete. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I I agree. I mean, I I don't really even watch hockey, um, but I binged lots of hockey romances, and I'm like, I feel like I know the basics. But then when it came to writing, and I was like, Oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing. But <laughs> I I love the like absolute audacity. I love yeah. it. I love it so much because that's what we're all like. I feel like I feel right. like everybody has had the experience of reading a bunch of romance in like some subgenre and being like, I could do that. Maybe yeah. I'll try that. Maybe I'm gonna do that now. And it's true. You did. You did, and you can. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Okay. Yeah. Are you an early morning writer? What's your routine look like? Uh, so my routine, I actually have a schedule if I'm like on deadline that I have to stick to. Otherwise, I'm not productive. And so basically, it's like I do hour long sprints. Um, I start at 9am. So 9 to 10, take a 15 minute break, 1015 to 1115, 15 minute break. And I do that three times in the morning, take a lunch break three times in the afternoon, and I end at five o'clock. Um, and then after that, I will do like any like emails or, you know, social media I allow myself social media when I'm on like that on deadline um during lunch hour and then after but it my phone is on do not disturb in another room and it stays that way all day damn you are in it because otherwise I don't get anything done otherwise I will be distracted and I only keep like my apple watch on and I have like three people who are allowed to send through when I'm on do not disturb and one of them is my person that checks on me every hour to get my (laughs) word count what's your word count for the hour are you do you share that what what do you aim for my goal my daily goal is 5,000 on deadline that that is pretty good damn that's pretty good um, yeah I need to do this month so I know I'm ready to I'm ready to dive in I actually don't even have an editing date I'm trying like scrambling to find an editor um that can work me in like end of April early May um because I didn't book one in advance and that was on me I thought I I thought I I did so then I booked my regular editor I texted my regular editor I was like hey like when you have availability she's like I'm booking for August I was like oh Oh, I know I know it's painful I was like I was like I was like okay um I'm gonna book you now for August even though I have no idea what I'm gonna give you Yeah. No, and we'll find to. someone else. Yeah. And it's it's so hard because I think readers think that we can just like do things on whatever schedule we want and as an independent author and to an extent we can. But like unless you truly like meet your deadline and can get your book because you have to book so far in advance for things like cover designers and editors and covers. Yeah, yeah, you can sit on them. But editing, you really can't like you have to get it to them on that timeline or you're screwed and it's or in reverse 
or in reverse, you can finish your book and then wait three months for your editor to be available. Which is awful. Which is awful. So either way, you're kind of screwed, which is why I want to try to get a book ahead. That way it doesn't matter. And I can sit there and wait until my, um, my deadline, like my quote unquote deadline comes and I'm ready to edit. But like, it's hard. It's like the process is so chaotic. And I don't think readers always think about that when they're like, give me the next book. And I'm like, ah, but editing. Oh, I don't think they think about it at all. I don't think there's any comprehension because they don't do it, obviously. And like so many steps and also like doing like doing like the back math. So I'm by the time we air this, because this will come out Monday, we're recording Thursday. Tomorrow I'm announcing the date for my next release which is May 25th um, and I'm not done writing it. And mm-hmm. so I I just found a new, because so I, I got like a new second editor who I took from someone else because she's like, hey, I use this person. I messaged him. She's like, I, she happens to have an opening May 8th. I was like, I will take it. So my first editor has to have it May 1st. And I'm like, fuck, I need to finish writing the next 200 pages and editing it in the next literally three weeks. So I'm like, okay. I but feel that's, that. Because I'm like, it's like, oh, May 25th. Okay. But I'm like, but no, I don't need to finish it by then. I need to finish it by May 1st. <laughs> So Mm -hmm. it can go through the process. And then you're like, oh, wait, that means I need to work every day. That means I need to stop doing things I'm not supposed to do, like watch Bones or whatever I'm watching. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel you. That's where I'm at. Like, I'm like, I need to, I ideally, I had really wanted to finish and release a book before Polycon, which is literally like the end of this month. And I'm like, "Mm, that's not happening. Yeah. So... And that's the thing you find it well because I'm I want this book out because I'm there's a special edition coming out for it for Babe in Australia okay. so they need mm-hmm. time to print it mm-hmm. so like otherwise I would take my sweet fucking time and we were like oh we're talking about it and then they sent me the design for the cover I'm like oh okay so we're doing this all right fuck here we go <laughs> I had <laughs> the worst I had the worst fucking thing happen to me because I switched from like traditional to like delving into self publishing and my the publisher or the editor who. I worked with when I was doing trad publishing, she did like freelance also. So I was like, that's perfect. I can just like book her. I booked her for something. I got her once and then she immediately retired after that. And I was like, well, I guess it's back to the drawing board. <laughs> I don't have anybody at all. And I'm still sad that she retired because she was the, she was fucking baller. She was great. But let's see. I think we should close up. Um, do you have any last words? Any last words you'd like to leave with our listeners who are both writers and readers? Um, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah. I would say, you know, just enjoy what you read and enjoy what you write and don't let anyone make you feel bad about it. Yes. Um, okay. And also, Chelsea, where can we find you? Um, so I am most active on Instagram. That is definitely like where I interact with most of my readers. But I have a reader group on Facebook. Um, it's wrecked by Ricky. And you can either one of those places is probably like your easiest places to find me. I'm not a big TikTok girl. Um, I'll watch videos if you post them. But otherwise, I'm not really active on that social media. So perfect. Everybody okay. go follow Chelsea at CE Ricky and we're pronouncing see it ricky here um sj where can we find you you can find me all over the place like everyone else i am most active on instagram sj tilly author these new websites we keep talking about i will eventually have up with those signed copies sjtilly.com um and yeah you know it i think this is my first episode i've been on since nero released two three weeks ago three weeks ago today um and by the time you hear this you'll find out that king is coming in a month and a half and if you see me on social media tell me to get the fuck off because i need to write 
uh, and you will see her because she is she's relentless i do not put my phone in the other room because i'm a dumb bitch but i will start doing that you would i feel like your phone is like your other limb um and you can find me i'm cat a cat win author at most places that's c-a-t-w-y-n-n and also i have a release coming out my first self-published full-length novel airplane games comes out uh, on the 18th, April 18th. So look for that. Don't worry. It has been described as polarizing and quote, not what I was expecting. <laughs> but everybody has said I could not put it down. So uh, take it with that grain of salt. Again, Chelsea, thank you so much. This has been so fun talking to you. I'm so glad we got the chance. Um, and to our listener, as always, thanks for coming. Our and one we listener. roll the music out. Our one, our no. <laughs> our one listener to our listener. <laughs> Shooting, listen to what I